Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hi, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom. A reminder that what you do every day is life-changing and that it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Y'all, we have such a fun guest for you today. We're chatting with Carrie Job. Now, if you don't know the name, which you probably do, you've most certainly sung her songs in church a lot. She's one of my favorite musicians. And today she's talking about her motherhood journey, which was filled with a good bit of tragedy, but also so much hope. And she's going to be sharing about kind of the how and, and why we should worship God in the midst of our pain. There's so much wisdom in this episode. I know you're going to love it. But before we get into that conversation today, I want to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor of the Inspired to Action podcast, and that is PrepDish.com. So I've been wanting to eat more cleanly lately, meaning fewer recipes that require, you know, cans of this or cream of that. But honestly, trying to find new recipes and then revamping my whole meal planning process felt so stressful to me in the midst of life right now. So when I found out about PrepDish, I was ecstatic because what they do, they're a meal planning service. So that means that every week I get an email that has a list of recipes. It has the grocery shopping list all organized for me. And it has an outline of my instructions for how to prep in like an hour, once a, you know, an hour once a week. On the, I can do that on the weekend. And then every night I can put dinner on the table in no time flat because there's like three things that I need to do. And one of them is preheat the oven. And the other one is like put the stuff in the oven. It's so easy that anyone in my family can do it, which is such a blessing. So the other thing that I love about them is that they've connected with Instacart, which is a grocery shopping service. So basically, I don't need to plan. I don't even need to like wander the grocery store. I can just click prep. And then I feel like super mom every night because my family is eating delicious, healthy food and I didn't need to spend a bajillion dollars. And, you know, in fact, it's something that I can do kind of guilt free because before I'd go to the grocery store, make a bunch of random meals and not reuse a lot of the stuff. So I would waste so much money with leftover groceries that I just ended up throwing away. But prep dish plans everything. They're super organized. So I'm using all the ingredients and the amount of money that I'm saving by not wasting stuff, more than covers the cost of prep dish. Um, I feel like as moms, we have so much to think about and so many decisions to make. And for me, prep dish just eliminates that stress every single week as far as meal planning goes. So they actually have a great deal for you. Uh, they're offering you a two-week trial, a free two-week trial, which basically means I just meal plan for you for the next two weeks. You're welcome. You can go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash prep dish to get your free two week trial. All right, let's dive into our conversation today with Carrie Job. Hey, Carrie, thank you so much for being on the Inspired to Action podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. Okay, so for those who may not be familiar with you, just give us a little bit of a Carrie Job 101. Ooh, okay. So I. I am married. My husband's name is Cody, 
And we have a 14-month-old named Canyon who I just, he's changed my life and I love being a mom. And um, we live in Nashville, Tennessee as of a year and a half ago and just loving it. We're a part of a church there called The Belonging. And I just, I was raised Christian fam- in a Christian family and fell in love with the presence of God and just the fact that God changes our lives every day. And so I just love being in pursuit of him and I'm 36 and I'm just going to keep loving Jesus. I love it. A 14 month old. So I I Mm -hmm. sort of have a hard time remembering what that's like. Mine are 14, 12 and 10. And by the way, my 14 and 12 year olds are both girls. And we, I think Mm -hmm. we were looking up versions of the song Hallelujah. And they came across the one that you did with, um, like Jamie Grace and a few others. And then yeah. we came across a video that you did where it was like some sort of parody on the Adele song, Someone Like You. <laughs> my, <laughs> my girls have watched that on repeat so many times. Where I ate so much cake yes. afterwards, I felt extremely sick. <laughs> you like you guys were like planting your face in this cake, pulling forks out of your hair. Oh my yes. goodness. My girls are like, this is awesome. So, we got really bored on Winter Jam because we had done so many sit so by that time, we were all like, let's do a video because it'll give us something to do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it entertained my kids to no end. Even my son liked I love it. it. So I love fun. it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what the journey to motherhood has been like for you. The journey to motherhood, just as far as like waiting and. Yeah. Like, did you did you always want to be a mom growing up? Did you think that? Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. And I. I got kind of um, sad because I didn't have him until I turned 34. And so I started to get a little nervous, like, God, I really want to be a mom. And, um, you know, and I was even waiting for my husband. So I didn't get married till I was 33. And we were going to wait a year. But at five months of being married, we got pregnant and I was not sad. <laughs> I was really <laughs> excited. Um, my husband was, it took him a little bit more time cause he wanted to wait a little bit longer, but I was like, listen here, I'm 34 and I'm ready to be a mom. So <laughs> back off. <laughs> <laughs> was it what you thought it would be? Oh yes. I'm well, it's actually better than I thought it would be. I've, I've only ever babysat or been an auntie and, um, I just being a mom is just the sweetest thing. There's there's a strength to to do it. There's a patience to be the mom. You know, it's I just love it. I love my little boy. I find myself looking at his baby monitor, waiting for him to wake up because I'm like, okay, it's time to get up. I want to see you. I just I love him so much. You know, I've like I said, I have a 14 year old, 12 year old and 10 year old and I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I love they None of them have alarm clocks because I love waking them up in the morning. It's like my oh, favorite thing to do. It's a little I scary with that. teenage girls because you kind of never know what you're going to wake up. You yeah. know, if they didn't quite get enough sleep, but you know, that, that doesn't, that doesn't go away. And I think maybe that is the whole foundation of, have you read that book? Um, I'll love you forever. Have you seen no. this book? Oh, it's very the controversial. Little, little, the little kid book. Yeah, it's a kid book, but it's like, it's like a mom um, where she puts her son to bed, I think is the gist of it. And then she sings a song, I'll love you forever, I'll love you for always, something, something, my baby, you'll be. Anyway, it shows her when, when the baby is little, putting him to bed, and then when he's a little bit older, and then like when he's a teenager, and then he's like a grown man, and she's climbing into his window through a ladder. Okay, that's weird. 
<laughs> I know. So it's sort of controversial because I think some people maybe, I don't know if it's meant literally or not. I just thought it was hilariously absurd. Yeah. Yeah, but totally. <laughs> don't, so moms listening, don't go climbing into your grown son's window. At yeah, his house that would or be anything. a strange. However, <laughs> however, even at 14, it's fun to wake my kids up and to be excited to see them. And um, anyway, so uh, so I love it. I'm, I'm curious, how has motherhood impacted your worship? Because you've been worshiping for years, ever since you were yeah. little and writing songs. How has my, other than disrupting it potentially, how, how has motherhood impacted right? it? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I love, it gives me more depth. I feel like now I feel like I, um, I just feel like I see the heart of God even more, just even how patient God is, you know, I'm patient with my son and he's not walking yet. He, he starts to take little steps and then, um, gets a little nervous. So he sits back down and I'm patient, you know, and I feel like I didn't realize how patient God really is with us. And so that's one of the things I've been appreciative to, to like learn even and be reminded of that he's patient. Um, I just love to the wonder that he's teaching me. I feel like I'm living, I'm like relearning life through eyes of wonder mm. You know, I took him to the zoo last week and you know, I've been to the zoo so many times in my life. And he was just the wide eyed and full of awe and everything was exciting. And I'm just like, God, your creation really is amazing. And I just forget. I think at some point, sometimes we forget to just take it in. And so mm-hmm. I, that's worship of just like, God, your creation is so incredible. You're so creative. And I just feel like I'm learning that again because of being a, a new mom and, and seeing things again for the first time, you know, it's been really sweet. That's so true. I find that with kids, I, it sort of almost kind of zooms in on the whole world, like all the things mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about, all the things that I think matter. And then my son is, you know, sitting playing in the dirt with a ladybug or a snail or something. And I'm thinking, I love mm-hmm. putting myself in his place and thinking, this is all that exists for him right now. This right. is all that he's worried about. This is all that he's concerned mm-hmm. about. And it's such a refreshing perspective to kind of almost get to relive, not relive your childhood, but to remember what it was yeah. like totally. when you walk with your yeah. own kids. Yeah, it's so, really sweet. So that's kind of how motherhood um, has impacted how you worship. How has what you do for a living worship and music impacted your motherhood? Has that been a hard thing to balance? Oh, I like this question. Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of still learning that I, you know, because life changed so quickly for me, cause I got married and then got pregnant five months later and then we had Canyon and it's like, I kind of feel like I'm just now, catching my breath, Mm -hmm. you know, with him being 14 months old, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of back to myself. I, um, and I, I just, I love this new me. I love, I love the, the grace that I've had to give myself, you know, like, um, we went on an outcry really soon after he was born and I couldn't go in and hear everybody set and stand in the back and worship the whole time. I was mommy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I was nursing or changing a diaper or putting him to sleep and he wouldn't go to sleep. And I was having to, you know, and I realized, wow, I feel the presence of God on my bus just as much as if I was inside, you know, because God is so kind like that. And so 
it's just allowed me to realize he's in every season with us, whether I can be where I want to be or feel like I'm getting poured into or not, you know, and, um, it's made me just calm down, slow down and just be fully present because being with him is just as much worship as it is being in a room with people and leading and, you know, cause it's part of what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So it's, it's been, it's been kind of hard to learn that, but I love it at the same time. That's so true. I, I definitely can remember, especially when my children were younger and maybe not talking <laughs> that, you yeah. know, just how peaceful and worshipful it was just to, to be with them, especially rocking them to sleep and putting them to bed. And I just loved that season. It was such a great time just to connect with the Lord and to pray for them in that process. Um, so you have a new yeah. album out and it is really intertwined with your motherhood journey specifically. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so a year and a half ago, my sister and I, I'm really, really close to my sister and we were pregnant at the same time, which was one of those things we dreamed about since we were little girls. And it was just so much fun. We were so excited and, uh, right about seven and a half months pregnant. She was a couple months ahead of me. And, um, so right at seven and a half months pregnant, she gave birth to a sleeping angel who was already with Jesus before we got to meet her. And it was one of those experiences that I felt knocked the wind out of my lungs. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the phone call like it was yesterday. I was actually on a baby moon trip with my husband and um, just it just knocked the air out of my lungs. And I I I just remember thinking, God, I don't understand. I really don't understand why you would allow this to happen. And you know, I think sometimes as believers, or or maybe it's just me, I don't know. Um, I I think I realized that I had been dealing with some kind of entitlement or something, mm-hmm. thinking, "Hey, I love you, and I'm I'm living doing godly work, and I'm a worship leader, and why would you allow this to happen? And why won't why didn't you heal her? And oh, just all the questions, you know, and and so. Um, her name is James Ivy, and we had just bought a house in Nashville right before Canyon was born. And a couple months later, this flower garden started blooming in my backyard. I thought it was just a bunch of like monkey grass and like a mess, but I didn't really care because I was I had a new baby, and <laughs> right. my last thing to worry about was the yard, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I looked out the window this one morning and realized there was a flower garden growing in my backyard and I went outside and it was one of the most spiritual moments I've ever had as I just stood there holding my son and realizing that there was a ton of ivy Mm. growing in this particular part of my backyard and I just had tears rolling down my face and I just realized all at once whoa God you knew Mm -hmm. you really did know you really do go before us you weren't surprised. You didn't forsake us for a few days or you knew. And the fact that we would buy that house out of all the houses in Nashville, you know, it was like, wow. And so it just took me on this journey of helping me surrender my pain. And instead of staying in question, just turning my, my wise into worship, just because worship brings breakthrough questions. Don't, Questions lead to more questions. 
And so I just began to write out of that season. I was already in a season for my album when the whole thing happened. And so I just was like, you know, actually one of my mentors, Christine Kane, was like, you need to write. You have to write from this experience because so many women have either walked through something similar or everybody can can say they've walked through something very traumatic or extremely disappointing you know having questions of god what are you doing and why do i have to walk through this and so so i did i just began writing and so the whole garden album really just was birthed out of that season you can hear the really raw songs and then you can hear songs that are more out of a place of healing as i as i began to heal and and realize that god really was moving now you said worship brings breakthrough do you feel like you've had that breakthrough and kind of at what point did that come if it came yes i definitely do i i think it came in different waves you know Mm -hmm. because grief you know everybody knows grief like takes on different forms and for everybody grief looks different um i think the first wave of breakthrough was when my son was born four months after james ivy went to heaven and for my sister to come and hold him and just cry but but be joyful watching that breakthrough watching as I began to write and I wrote a lot of the album really specifically for her and women that have experienced something similar and getting to play the garden for her getting to play I will sing songs that were written for her to be able to use them as prayers and and songs of ministry to to their heart to her heart and just watching that happen and uh, I think another wave of breakthrough came as we took the album out on tour. Um, we started our tour two months ago. And for me, I felt more breakthrough because there's something that happens when you start to see the fruit of something. Yeah. Um, you know, because like yeah. when you when you sow a seed, you can't see what's going on under the soil. You just have to trust that God's doing, that, that something's happening. And I felt like the tour... I got to see fruit because people were coming and experiencing a breakthrough and and a real move of the presence of God in their situations. And I think it was a man of it was just like a tangible way of seeing that God was going to use our family's pain to help other people. You know, it it's almost like I've seen I feel like I'm talking a lot, but no, well, this is a podcast, so that's good. (laughs) People are just sitting. Well, I feel like I've really seen such a, uh, well, now I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I've just seen so many people come to these nights that it's almost like giving them permission to say, Hey, it's okay to say that you're not okay. Mm -hmm. And it's, Some of you need to go back and just grieve the loss, but surrender it back to the Father and let Him heal you. Um, Because just like for me, I could not stay in that place of the why. And I actually realized that I was walking in offense at God because I was just really disappointed. And um, I think, oh, this is beautiful. So one of the most astounding moments for me personally was I Canyon was probably two months old and I was in the kitchen making a sandwich and my husband was leading worship at church so I had the live feed on on the computer and I'm just minding my own business I thought making a sandwich (laughs) 
And I've, I really felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you know, I can handle your disappointment. Hmm. And I, I just kind of stood back and my, you know, kind of got that, like, what? Like, did I just hear that? And I was like, what? What did you say? And he said, I can handle your disappointment. And I remember I didn't even finish making my sandwich. I just stood there and I I started crying. And I was like, okay, well, then I guess if you're telling me that, then it's time for me to give it up. You know, I guess you're saying to me, I need to be over it now. What do you want me to? And I remember saying something to him, like, what do you want me to do with it? And I didn't hear him say anything else. I mean, I felt his presence in my house. I was crying and I felt such a sense of peace, but I didn't really hear him say anything else. And so the next morning I called my dad, who's just one of my spiritual heroes. And, and I just said, and I told him the story and, and he said, well, Carrie, if he didn't say anything else, then that's what he's just wanting you to know is that he can handle it. He's not asking you to give it up. He's just saying he's in it with you. Hmm. He can handle that. You're disappointed. And it, it was like the thing that gave me the strength to just fully grieve. And and I don't think at that point I had really fully grieved because I didn't want to cry too hard being pregnant. Um, I didn't want to do anything to damage or hurt Canyon. I didn't I wanted to be really careful even spiritually. I just I just wasn't sure. It was so unknown. I'd never been pregnant before and walked through something really hard like that. And so I went through a few days there of just boohooing, but it was so cleansing and it was so healing for my heart. And I would just hold Canyon and cry and just pray. And what I had to do though was surrender it to the Father and just say, thank you that you can handle this and you're healing me. And I just surrender it. I I surrender my disappointment. And uh, the song that helped me during that whole little John was um, the song that Stephanie Gretzinger sings on the new Bethel album called King of My Heart mm-hmm. where it says in the bridge you're never going to let me down and I just would declare that over myself even though I didn't fully feel that way I I knew it to be true that I needed to declare that and, and just surrender my pain and so anyway, I, f- I feel like there's a reason I shared that much in depth. Maybe someone's listening right now that you just need to be reminded that God's not scared at how how offended you are at him or if you've had a hard time letting it go. But the, the point is I couldn't stay there and you can't stay here. You can't you can't stay in this place of disappointment. You have to let the Lord heal it. And he will. He really will. Mm-hmm. It's It's almost like. I am putting words in your mouth, but in seasons that I've gone through, it's almost like God, God saying, you know, you don't need to be, you don't need to be strong for me. I, I, I can handle it. Like I think of those movies when maybe a kid is, is really upset and the dad walks up and just kind of lets the, the, I'm picturing like a movie mm-hmm. with, with a son or something, lets the son just kind of like beat on his father's chest and just let it all yeah. out and just cry. And then the dad just has his strong mm-hmm. arms around him until the fun, until the son yes. is finally just kind of like letting go Surrender. and weeping yes. and just feeling it and knowing that he can trust his father and um, that's good yes so in the process of going through that what was is there a song that was the most therapeutic for you to write 
Um, the first song that I wrote just a few weeks after the funeral was I Will Sing. And I think part of the reason I, I love it is just it says, even when my breath is weak, I will sing. Even in my suffering, I will sing. And it, it really was taken just out of that idea of yet will I praise you. Like David says in the Psalms, like, even though I walk through these hard things, yet I will praise you. There's just something powerful, even if it's a whisper, it's praise to God when we surrender. And then I think my absolute favorite song for the whole album and the song that really just is really special to me is The Garden because it came from seeing that garden in my, in my backyard full of ivy and realizing a visual, tangible picture of God's faithfulness, of realizing he out of all the houses we could buy in Nashville, we would buy the one with a garden that had ivy all growing through it. And it just was so healing and, I, and redemptive, you know. Mm-hmm. I love thinking about how he orchestrated that, you know, long time ago yeah. in the previous owners, or maybe it was the original totally. owners or whoever, just the way that he weaves all of that so uh-huh. that it can be the thing that we need at the moment totally. that we need. That's so powerful. Uh, yeah, because they would have had to, to plant that ivy at least 10 years prior because it mm-hmm. was so mature and so overgrown and beautiful. I mean, that's why I just stood there and cried just in awe of like, wow. And it this, didn't bloom until you like it, it was Exactly. Exactly. It was like the most beautiful shifting. It was like a shift of a season. It didn't come too soon. It came just when I needed to just receive more healing and, and really let him begin to heal my heart. So good. Now, there's probably several moms listening right now who might mm-hmm. be might may have gone through what your sister's gone through, or maybe they've gone mm-hmm. through what you've gone through. Maybe it's something different, but it's a hard thing. And they're having a hard time worshiping. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? You know, I um I love that God is gracious. He's so full of grace, and it says it's his kindness that draws us. And I just would say to give yourself grace to let him meet you where he wants to meet you. You know, um, I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves or even striving of like, I've got to do this right or I've got to be reading the right book or what am I supposed to be reading in the word that's going to help me? I think it's just spending time with him, even if it's just a few minutes, because I know how that can be as a mom. You know, it's. Just asking Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you don't know how to hear his voice, even just cultivating that, of learning to hear him. He says all of us can hear his voice. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. So we can hear him. And I I just would encourage to just, I think I may have said this on the other podcast we did, but to take a deep breath, give yourself grace, and just spend time, even if it's just sitting quietly and just waiting on him and breathing i think sometimes as moms we just forget to breathe too you know it's just ah so much going on and i just have loved that for myself just that there's grace in my season that i'm in i don't have to have it all together i just i just need to spend time with him and he'll he'll speak and he'll move and he'll he'll give the strength to do what we're called to do right now so good and you're you're actually doing something really simple right now starting out Mm -hmm. in the morning can you yeah share that with us Oh, yes. So at church last week, I just heard the Lord say to me, 
because I, I, I'll be honest, I've had a hard time with having a quiet time lately just because of having a new baby and just kind of figuring out that stride of being a mom, being a wife, mm-hmm. doing laundry, all the things, you know. And I heard the Lord just say, I want you in your journal every morning to just write one thing you're grateful for. And so I've put my journal by my bed. And before I get out of bed, literally, I have to do it before I get out of bed or I just I don't make it back to that spot in the house until the night. But I just grab my pen and I'll just write one quick thing of that I'm grateful for. And what it's been doing is really just giving me something to meditate on all day. First day I did it, I just wrote that I'm I'm grateful I can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And in doing that, I thought about it all day. I heard the Lord whispering to me all day. It was like it made me more aware of it. So the next day I wrote something kind about my husband. I'm just I'm just grateful to have a godly husband. And all day that day made me realize things he does that are so good. And he's a godly man. And you know, instead of focusing on why didn't you take out the trash and why didn't you help me change a diaper or, you know, like right. the things that we start to go down this negative path and it's like, nope. And so it's just been resetting my heart. It's been good. So good. So if you're listening right now and you find yourself in that place, I like to often have a triple dog dare in the middle of a podcast so that you can actually take action. Remember, inspired to action podcast, not inspired to think about it podcast. So get a journal, get a piece of paper, get the back of a receipt and a pen and put it by your bed. And I I just challenge you to tomorrow morning, write down one thing you're thankful for. If you have to write it on your hand because you can't find a piece of paper, then that's fine. <laughs> on the mirror with your the, lipstick. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, that's even, honestly, it how might awesome even be would better. that be? Because you can see it all the time. And that's especially true. if you're writing nice things about your husband, then that's great too. That's good. Yes. Um, Carrie, <laughs> so where can people find you and your new album online? Um, I guess just go to my website, carriejobe.com. It's K-A-R-I-J-O-B-E.com. And then I'm also on Facebook and um, Instagram. Awesome. Carrie, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, it was my pleasure. Thank you. All right. I told you guys, wasn't that great? I loved her. Well, okay, my challenge at the end, but it was her idea. So write down that one thing that you're grateful for. I hope you'll take us up on that challenge. Now, I have a fun little extra for you. I'm trying to do this with my guests now. We'll see how long I can keep it going. But I did a bonus lightning round with Carrie, where she shares her favorite music, a favorite book that she's reading right now, and a few other things. And you can find that video on YouTube. Now, you won't need to go search up YouTube and find it on there. You can just subscribe to the Inspired to Action email list. And that way you'll get the show notes for every episode. You'll net, you'll get notified whenever a new episode is up and you'll get the secret link to the lightning round interview. How awesome is that? So just go to inspiredtoaction.com to sign up for the email list and get all that stuff sent straight to your inbox. All right, that's all that we have for this week's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. And I hope we'll see you around next time. Grace and sweet